Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Well, it is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it is uh, a little late here on the on the weekend, and we're sitting down to, sitting down to chat about recent events, chat about where we're at, chat about our squared away journey. And I just got back from a long weekend of uh deer hunting here in Wisconsin. It was opening weekend and uh it was it was awful. Didn't didn't see a damn thing, but I was reminded by my whoop why I go deer hunting even even on the weekends where I only see 3 deer. I normally spend about an hour and a half to two hours in the high stress zone on an average day. My whoop showed up yesterday and showed up today at under 30 minutes in the high stress zone. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why I go to detach and relax. But then I also have a, I have a daughter who likes to come hunting with me and I bet I spent more time talking with her this weekend than I will over the next six months, just because you're stuck in a box enclosed talking to each other. And she doesn't come home that much anymore because she's getting old and starting to build her own life. So that was my weekend. But I wanted to I wanted to jump on and start talking here with Martin. I wanted to talk about this RFK Secret Service dilemma. And if you guys don't know, RFK has reached out to the Biden administration multiple times to try to get Secret Service protection for him and his family. He has been his house has been broken into. There's been a heavily armed um, person who was trying to impersonate a U.S. Marshal that was arrested at one of his campaign um, functions. It's just, it's, it's getting real weird for RFK out there. We've got, what did Martin just tell me? What did you tell me about Theo Vaughn? Oh, uh, Peloton uh, wanted Theo Vaughn to take down one of his episodes, podcast episodes with uh, RFK on there. I know multiple episodes of um, pe different people's podcasts have been demonetized by YouTube that have had RFK on which when you're demonetized by YouTube, you're basically, they're trying to cut your 
your legs out from under you and you're not making any money on your videos and your videos are taken out of the algorithm to be put in front of other people. So basically it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure it is that a certain subset of the people in power see him as a threat because he's not only a threat to, he's not only a threat to the establishment, I guess, kind of, but he's also a threat to a lot of big business because he is actually, his, his background is an environmental lawyer. Yeah. So, you know, if he gets in office, that's going to be a lot of the stuff that he's pushing for, whether you agree with it or not, that is for sure something that he is going to be heavy handed in. Um, so when you got somebody like that, you've got somebody that is against people with money. And if you're against people with money, you're against people with power. And if you're against people without power, who knows what can happen to you. But right now, basically how it works is the Secret Service is, I guess, approved to uh, protect vice presidential candidates, presidential candidates, and their families out to about 120 20 days out from the election. Now, we are way more than 120 days out from the election, but there have been many instances that RFK campaign has cataloged where Secret Service has protected candidates out to 300, 400 days before the election. So I guess we're kind of in a, we're in a point right now where he's making a big deal out of it, which it is because it's scary for him, but also it would be against a lot of the norm for them to be coming out and protecting him at this point. So we're going to see whether he does end up getting protection when we get closer or whether they're just going to ignore him all the way through or he just goes missing in the next hundred days. Right. Goes missing or they successfully uh, term him. So, you know, I don't know. I said this before about Trump too. I think the, they're going to try basically going after him. I think the only way you're going to stop these two anti-establishment guys is you have to take them out. So I would not doubt it at this point. Successfully suicided? Yeah, I think the uh, government does, has no shame at this point. They're willing to do anything in public because the media will spin it how they need it, and a lot of people are just going to uh, accept it. Well, it's weird, too, when we say the government, because the government is not one entity. It's not one group of people. It's legitimately many different groups of people, some who have morals and some who do not. And just to say that the the government is good or the government is bad, I mean, realistically, this is probably just as funded and pushed by big business who then funds these people as it is the actual people in the campaigns, right? Yeah. I mean, I should probably rephrase this as the uniparty. That's basically pulling the strings right now. That makes sense. So what else? What 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 do you got going on? What have you been up to? What was your you were in Cali last week? How was it? Yeah, I was in Cali last week. It was good. It was good. It was the first time I actually flew into Long Beach Airport, which is a not a lot of people know about it. I know I've talked to a couple of people there that were like, uh, well, don't tell people about it because then everybody's gonna use it, but I think it's too late. I think they're expanding. It's um it used to be a, a military airport that they remodeled into a commercial airport and it's it's a neat, neat place if you want to avoid LAX for those of you that fly into California and want to do everything in your power to avoid LAX, which I have. I've flown into John Wayne versus LAX because it is just a mess. Um, LA in general is just a mess. And um, But I, first time in Long Beach, Southwest, Delta, Hawaiian Airlines uh, takes you there. And half that, it's like a, an outdoor mall. And it takes you like five minutes to get anywhere in that airport. And everybody's so super friendly. I mean, it's just, uh, if you get a chance to take that when you go to Cali, I highly recommend it. Otherwise, yeah, week was good. Got back, a little bit of jet lag, a little groggy right now, but hey, we'll survive. Did you see anything, see anything out there? Anything like last time you were out there with uh... <laughs> a naked dude running down the street? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything major. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, uh, there was the the homeless. I don't know if you want to call them encampments. They're a little more advanced than what we got in Wisconsin. But, um, you know, same shit, different day there. So, um, what else we got? I mean, we're coming right on the verge of uh, Thanksgiving. 
where everybody gets to, you know, gorge themselves. Or if you got a, a plan going in, congratulations. You got a plan going in? Do I have a plan going in? Yeah, I'm going to eat like a fat ass for that your plan? one for one delicious <laughs> glorious day in 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 uh November. It'll put you to sleep. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I'll be I, my insulin will skyrocket. Um but here here's where here's where I've gotten a little bit more balanced to myself in the past 3 to 5 years. I used to be so fucking strict that I would go to a Thanksgiving or a Christmas dinner and I would eat the meat and the vegetables and I would pick the sauce off and I wouldn't eat the bread. I wouldn't eat the buns. I wouldn't eat the dessert and I'd be so strict, but it's like, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? If I'm strict majority of the time, I can eat like a dumbass for a meal. I can eat like a dumbass for a day. That's okay because you need to shock your system into realizing that calories are are in abundance once in a while too yeah like that's okay yeah i think but maybe i'll maybe maybe on my plan maybe i'll maybe i'll go easy for the first half of the week go a little lighter so then i can have like you know a piece of each kind of pie on thursday instead of just one piece of pie yeah i mean that's a good plan i think you stay on your meal plan for you know i mean you got full three days and you just, instead of a Saturday where, you're, you know, you typically let loose a little bit, just do it on Thursday. What I hate is that the gym's not open on Thanksgiving. Because yeah. that would be perfect to, like, go get a giant pump on so that your muscles are just all ready for a ton of calories. <laughs> and then just eat like a horse. You don't, you don't get the 24-hour pass? There's a 24-hour pass? Yeah, there's the one right oh, next to the restaurant. Oh, no, I don't have that fancy shit. Otherwise, just come over here and, you know, throw some weight around there. Yeah, I might have to do that. But yeah. Yeah, enjoy your Thanksgiving day. Enjoy having time with family. Eat some, you know, good food you wouldn't eat the rest of the year. And, you know, just don't make it a four-day thing because you're going to feel like a complete shitbag the next week. So I just, I really, I like to, I like to look around and just be grateful, but not necessarily it's grateful for the people, right? Like the food yeah. is great. The food is awesome. It's, it's cool. It's fun. We have a whole little full day that we do where we start out and a bunch of us do a, a big dog walk, um, through one of the parks around here and oh. we have a champagne toast at the end. And then, um, our aunt and uncle's house is, they have like a all day get together and it's fun. It's enjoyable. But what, what I really do, what I really enjoy about this time of year is you have so many of those kind of like distant cousins and distant aunts and uncles and so-and-so on your dad's mother's side, you know, there's a few cool people where you like, you'd like to see them more, but you just don't because it's just not in the cards. You don't go out of your way to see them more. But this time of year is when you get to see those people. And I really have been getting good at making a conscious effort of like being conscious and aware of the time that you get to spend with some of these people because you know, it's going to be probably another 11 months before you see them again. And so much can happen in those 11 months. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <clears throat> good point. Um, now going back to the food, the only thing, uh, just everybody is, uh, after you eat, you know how everybody gets on the couch and watches the football games or not everybody, I guess, but, um, typically if you eat like that and just go for, uh, why don't you do that big walk, do it after you eat and whatever that, uh, dog walk thing going on is. Oh yeah. We do that in the morning, so that won't work. But, but if you do it after you eat, you know, studies shown aids in digestion, lowers the blood sugar, just even a short 10 to 15 minute walk around the block. There you go. That's a good idea. What else? What else are we going to do this week? Man, I was looking through the news, and other than like Bit- Bitcoin splitting again, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, um, it's been big talk, man, for bi- Bitcoin investors. Big talk, um, and the interest rate's going to drop two point seven five percent over the next year. That's a big gain. Yeah, it kind of has to. Oh I yeah, mean, the, it, the, eco- the economy has crashed. Yeah, and it's pre pre election. So is the uh, months leading to uh, election November. Interest rates will drop. Interest rates drop and deadly diseases spike, right? Yep. No, but I don't you gotta think. got to get the mail-in ballots, dude. 
I know you got every <laughs> reason for mail in ballots. I just I really don't think um I think this year what the big thing is gonna be is is nine one one climate change. That's what the big push is gonna be this this election season. Is uh why do you think because people aren't buying the pandemic number two? Yeah, I think that I think that it's played out, right? I think it's it's played its its course. And I think it's really easy to scare a lot of people about what's happening in the environment. Whereas if you talk to any real scientist, they're going to tell you that we're, we're not turning the ship around. We're not just randomly like we're, we're, we're the United States. We're like 17% or 8% or some ridiculously small amount of the world's carbon emissions. Like yeah. we're not, even if we stopped making anything, stop driving cars, stop doing anything. We ain't fixing shit. Yeah. I mean, our the data shows our progression has been going in the right direction for years through technology. Yeah. It's just that you know, media stirs the pot, I shakes just, the bee's nest. And- that's the big thing. So I have two things that I've been, I have two things. A lot of times when I scroll through news sites, right, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily look at the individual stories, but I like to, I like to look at the 10,000 foot view of the stories Mm-hmm. And see what the overall emotion is that it seems like they're trying to pitch us, right? Yeah. And there's two things that have really that have really stuck out. One of them is the climate stuff. Um, everybody's talking. There's all there's news stories on every um, news website, every uh, it, social media news site that is talking about the ice sheets melting, this ice sheet, that ice sheet, glaciers sea level, uh, different islands that are, that have lost so much land mass. And it's just, that that's one big thing. And that's some of that's real. Some of that's not, I'm not a fucking scientist and I don't even understand necessarily which scientists to believe. But the other one that's really worried me is most people understand that, a, that a lot of shit that we use is made in China. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we, we mostly understand they talked about it in the last Republican debate, but um, a, a really large amount of stuff that we need every day is made in China. But we we designed that stuff. We discovered those drugs. We wrote that technology. We designed those chips. We designed those electronics. We designed that stuff. We were the innovators in that stuff. They just make it because it's so much cheaper to have them make it because they have zero laws on emissions, zero laws on car, there's zero carbon taxes, zero rules on what they can pour in the fucking ground and pull out of the ground. And they have zero rules on what they have to pay their employees. So we just, we're like, wait, you can make that iPhone $50 cheaper. If you can, you know, make your, your entire country work six twelves a week. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're okay. We're completely, you know, we're like the, we're like the see no evil, hear no evil monkeys. Like, Oh, la la la. Yeah, six twelves a week at you know thirteen to fifteen dollar equivalent an hour, and that's it. But this week, just just this week, I've noticed news story after news story after news story of Chinese scientists invented this, Chinese scientist, uh, Chinese group puts forward first gravity propulsion engine, Chinese scientist innovate this specific thing we are losing the battle in innovation partially because they're spending so much money on innovation but also partially because they're starting from third base because a lot of this technology they're pilfering from american companies or different country, different companies from around the world. But do you think that you know innovation is also on a decline in the U.S.? Yes, hundred percent. Because of our education system, the way that our society is now grooming people's behaviors, patterns. Well, to be to be realistic, there's there's a small amount of innovation that happens because uh, people have giant hearts and good morals and they want to improve human lifestyle. Right. Yeah. But the other 90% of innovation happens because of capitalism. 
because if you innovate, you are going to build wealth. And the ability to build wealth is what drives the largest portion of innovation. Yeah. The, 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 the drive to build wealth is declining in the United States. And I don't think that that's due to one single thing, but I think it's due to a lot of different things. And I think that in the younger generations, there's a certain amount of them that like true wealth, true innovation, true company building, they don't, they don't even understand what that really means. They're not really interested in it. They're interested in the next Andrew Tate business idea. They're interested in scamming a bunch of people out of money online for some fucking pretty Instagram page. You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever it is. It's not, it's not technological innovation. We do have a good amount of companies still pursuing technological innovation, but I don't know if it's growing at the rate that it should be. And yeah. really the new, the new stories are showing that we are getting beat. Yeah, it's, it's the next generation that's, you know, big fans of all these guys that are saying, well, here, here's an easy way that I took, lo- took low to no risk to make millions of dollars. What the next generation wants is, uh, what's the easiest way I can get rich doing the least amount of work and taking no risks. And I have to imagine that the strength of our economy and the ability to borrow money has to also uh, hinder innovation. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Because shit's expensive. And if you can't get money or you're going to pay 8 to 10% on the money, all of a sudden it isn't going to be as easy to throw a half million dollars towards a, some sort of technological innovation as it was. Yeah. Angel investors don't want to take that much of a risk right now. Yeah. So, so that, that's my worry is I think that we're going to see, we're going to see the, the environmental thing is going to be a huge push for the next election season. And I think that we are slowly losing our edge when it comes to innovation and invention. You agree? I agree. It's inevitable. China's going to take over. It's inevitable, he says. I fucking hate to hear that, though. (laughs) They own us, dude. Do they? Yeah. That's that's the long game. They've been playing the long game this whole time. they They got their meat hooks in everything. I know we can talk about innovation, but you have to look at what drives our everyday lives. Is basically power, right? Yeah. And everything that, every material and component that is used to drive that power right now is all done in China. Not done here. Like what? Transformers. Yep. Everything all has to, you know, come through here. So... Let's say uh, you shut down the whole eastern seaboard. Happens. Yeah, you're gonna drop population pretty quick. People can't survive. Hard to believe, but it's it's true. If you do a lot more digging on it, it's you know we live in a society where I think we've talked about it before. I mean, society does not have the skills and the fortitude to survive in the loss of convenience. Yeah, it's, I think, and this is is so bad to say, but I think that some loss of convenience would be good for us. Yeah, I've heard people say that. I I do. You know, it sounds, it sounds bad, but you know, it's almost comes down to what? Back to survival of the fittest, right? Well, it's like, it's like you got. Oh, this is this is a rough. This is a this is a deep rabbit hole to go into, but now's the day to do it. It's like you have, it's like you have a gangrene growing on an infected cut, right? (laughs) And you have this you have this big infected cut on your leg, 
and that cut is infected and that infection is starting to get to starting to get into the bloodstream. Right. Yeah. And we have this infection here and it's starting to get into the bloodstream and we can sit and we can watch that infection. And it's the easiest thing to do. Right. Yeah. The easiest thing to do is to, is to ignore it and just wait and wait and wait Hope. until the pain is so bad that we got to cut off the fucking leg. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we can take and take a scalpel and we can start to cut away dead tissue. And I think things like losing some convenience, I think some economic downturn, some economic strife, the government not being able to spend quite as much as they're spending, um, some banks calling loans due, some too big to fail companies failing. A lot of this kind of thing is going to be what it what it looks like from a from a country standpoint of that scalpel cutting away that infected skin. And it's going to fucking hurt. And it's going to hurt all of us. It's not like it's not like it's not going to hurt me, it's not going to hurt you, it's not going to hurt our friends and family. It's going to hurt everybody. But If that's what it takes to get the country back on the right path, yeah. then that might be what it takes. The problem is, is I don't even know if that's enough to get the country back on the right path. So I was in the middle of a book this week. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of a book this week, and this book was, it was, it, what is it? The Body Keeps Score, right? Yeah. So I was telling somebody else about this book, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of, and, and he's in the medical field. And he's like, yeah, I definitely have heard of that book. So it's The Body Keeps Score. It's by Bessel van der Kolk. So Bessel van der Kolk is the original MD that started studying um, trauma and PTSD. When he first started studying trauma and PTSD, there was no such thing. When World War, uh, I think it was World War II veterans were having flashbacks, the only thing that they said is they basically treated them as schizophrenics. They treated them as schizophrenics that were seeing things that weren't real. So this guy, that's how, that's how the, this guy's the OG of trauma, right? Yeah. And he said something in this book that clicked to me, and I'm going to have to try to remember how he said it, but it said something to the effect of when you group together downtrodden, he didn't use downtrodden. I can't remember what word he used, but basically, basically individuals that are shunned by society, right? When you group them together and let them commiserate with each other, the only thing it does is separate them more from society and create more pain. And the only thing that I can think of with that statement is that is every single struggling group in the United States right now. Looking at each other, looking into their tunnel vision, and only seeing, only commiserating with each other about how, how hurt they are and how damaged they are and how much struggle they have. Yeah. I don't think that it is healthy the way that we are handling anything in our country right now and that's from both political sides that is from all races that is from the lowest income to the highest income um i think we need to start at parents we need to start at schools we need to start at holding people accountable and we need to start with Showing up for each other. You know? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, starts with your inner circle, right? Your families and your people that, you know, influence you to be better and how you can influence the other people around you as well. It's just such a, it's such a, it's such an, 
hard thing to to try to think about when you look around, especially when you're in a city like we are, right? Because we're not like I was I was out in the country. I was home for the weekend and a place like that hasn't necessarily changed that much. But then when you look around down here, you've got everyone grouping together and a large amount of the people have like an us versus them mentality, right? It's us versus them because we look like this. Us versus them because we are in this income bracket. Us versus them because we vote red and they vote blue. It's such an us versus them tribal. Got it. I got it. Ding, ding, ding. I got it. Got it in. It's such a tribal attitude that we have. And the sad thing to say is the only thing that reminds us that our tribe is red, white, and blue is when we are against someone else. Born tragedy. 9-11. That's the only thing that brings us together. Yeah. Is when that, that's when we remember that, that that's our tribe. But, you know, every, everybody needs a, a cause or a place to belong. That place to belong is, you know, some miserable group that's complaining about the other group. Then, you know, people tend to fall in line like lemmings. And they just do that. They just start parroting what group they associate themselves with. Granted, Asians don't do that, but, you know, all you other race. Isn't China in Asia? Yeah. Weren't we just talking shit about China? Yeah, they're just taking over, dude. <sighs> is, is it? It's it's, it's, oh. it's the CCP taking over. Yeah, not China. They're they're fucking their own people. Yep. But <clears throat> those people are useful idiots, man. All right, let's let's lighten it up. This got dark. Yeah, we, got, got, we got a lot of useful idiots in the I US went, too. Every tribe is useful. Well, so that's another weird thing too. When you start to talk about it. Like, have you ever talked to somebody, right? And you get done talking to him and you go, oh, people just aren't created equal. Like that guy's never going to, that guy's never going to be a, a, a big income earner, you know? Like yeah. there just are those people and those people don't deserve to be any less successful than we do. That's the scary thing. Yeah. But they put themselves in that role. They decided to be pawns. Oh, but did they? Because they're really dumb. There's a lot of really dumb people, Martin. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the... You know, the Communist Manifesto. That's where the, the useful idiot term comes from. How do you move that, you know, that propaganda? Find the useful idiots to help you do it. Hell, look at the uh, the pro-Hamas gay and lesbian groups that are protesting out there. Oh, my God. Did you see the Saturday Night Live <laughs> no. bit? No, I didn't. You what, didn't? What was that? Oh, my God. The Saturday Night Live bit is great. They, they they have these very, very stereotypically dressed up, um, colored hair, f- ridiculous outfit, pro-Hamas, LGBT protesters who are Saturday Night Live kids, right? Yeah. And they're on one side of a split screen, and then on the other side of a split screen is like an actual Hamas militant, not really, but a, an actor, right? Yeah. Hamas militant with his AK and uh, they're, they're all like, you know, pro Hamas, go Hamas. And, and they're like, you're welcome in the United States. And he's like, once we get done with these filthy pigs in Israel, we will come and take care of the United States. And they're like, yeah, you're welcome. And it's just, they go back and forth and he's basically saying like, we fucking hate you too. And they're like, we love you. And it's like the best, most hysterically ridiculous Saturday night live that we've seen. Oh, I mean, that, that's the definition, you know, of tribalism and how it works in our society right now is, you know, people just join a side and have no clue the any of the background and context of any of the information that, you know, they're, they're helping to propagate. So I, yeah, that's, that's the useful idiots in the Communist Manifesto. They're just helping push an agenda. They have no clue what they're doing. You got to check that. You got to check that out. It's funny. Saturday Night Live. Yep. Yep. They're, they're, 
They're pretty good at making fun of everybody. Well, I mean, do people know what Hamas means? I don't think so. I think that they think that Hamas... So, so the thing is, they're not... This is the weird thing, is they're pro-Palestinian. These people are pro-Palestinian. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Palestinians. Yes, so that's the it's thing, is they Hamas. are pro-Palestinians. Hamas is fighting on behalf of Palestinians? Is that kind of how this is playing out? That's what, that's what these people feel like? I think they may feel that way, but then they don't understand what's happening over in Gaza Strip there. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that Hamas has taken over and not allowed an election since 2007, they, they hold their people prisoners in not just that, not just as prisoners, but hold them in poverty there. I mean, they just completely iron fist rule those people there. And going, going to what Hamas means, the name itself, is his Hebrew, and it's Hebrew for violent evil. So, you know, if there isn't a hidden agenda, it's just exactly what, what they are. And, um, you know, anybody that's dealt with them, they're 100% terrorists. No different than, you know, the Taliban. And how they treat their own people is the same thing. You know, so if you're gay, lesbian, feminist, or whatever, and you're thinking that you support them, Maybe you should take a, a microscope and look at what really happens over there. I did see, um, not to get off topic, but I did see that Russia asked their Supreme Court to categorize the LGBTQ movement as terrorists. Yeah. So that's an interesting play. Yeah, it's... I don't know that... How, uh, that that's a little extreme, I think. How they look at it is... From, you know, the communist side, you know, and even in China, they look at it as, you know, this is propaganda that sweeps through the interior of a country to weaken it. That's how they look at it. Well, they're not wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at how it's kind of moved through our country. It separates. Right. Yeah. It divi- it's, it's divisive. It it's, is divisive. It's divisive and it, you know, basically is a ploy to squash masculinity. Because realistically, the, like the majority of us do not give a shit, yeah, at all. But I mean, but there is a very strong, you know, movement in the U.S. here to basically label masculinity as what toxic. Oh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen emotional. too much of that lately. Yeah, it's it's basically underneath the blanket of, you know, now you got the movements for. The gays, you got these liberal, crazy movements and protests about everything they don't understand at all. Just got all these, uh, um, what's, gosh, Matt Gates, the Republican uh, senator. Yeah. When he was asked about, uh, what do you say, these, uh, these protests, these protesters, the liberals, and he says, yeah, they're basically all fat and ugly. And, He's not wrong. And then uh, they asked him, do you, do you recall saying that? He's like, yeah. Yeah, and I fully stand by that. So well, see, that, That's what I was talking to somebody the other day, and this, isn't, this is a little off topic, but not really. But it's like, if you are going to be controversial, and you're going to be controversial against that, the media, basically, anything that they are pushing and they are agreeing with, so like Matt Gates, right? Yeah. They are going to test you. And they are going to come at you and they are going to call you out. And if you didn't learn from Donald Trump, you need to learn now that the minute that you do not back down and you say, fuck, yeah, I said that and I still mean it. You want to talk about it? They they lose all power. The minute you start backpedaling and start apologizing, they're like sharks with blood in the water and they 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 jump on. But the minute you don't allow them to have that power, they have nothing. They're powerless. They're useless. Yeah. I mean, they've been going after uh, Dana White, the president of uh, UFC. They've gone after him, you know, oh, well, you got a fighter that, you know, using the N-word, and then it turns out that that fighter, he's black anyway. And, you know, they recently just gone after him because um, he had, you know, he posted about Trump because basically when they, when Trump comes to US, UFC, uh, 
about, you know, there's a big, big parade. And I think this time, I think Kid Rock was walking in with them, Dana White, um, Donald Trump, and I forgot who else was walking with them, but, you know, everybody was clapping other than, you know, Bill Burr's wife, but other than that, he posted something on it and I don't know who the sponsor is this time. Um, but you can watch the clip basically. I think he, oh, he was in the interview with Theo Vaughn. Basically, yeah, the the sponsor said, hey, we want you to take that post down. Then Dana White tells him to basically fuck off and, you know, I can vote for whoever I want to and you can vote for whoever you want to, but this is my social media and I can post whatever I want. Did you know that Kid Rock has a replica of the White House built on his property? It's like, actually larger than the actual White House. What? Yeah. So Kid Rock's got Kid Rock's got this house that's that looks just like the White House. But this house, instead of being whatever 18 or 30 bedrooms that the White House is, it's two bedrooms. It's his bedroom, it's one guest bedroom, and the rest of it is all party. He's got a gold elevator, and Rogan's talking Rogan was there, and Rogan's talking about it, and the, the contractor is talking about this gold elevator. And he goes, so you want us to hide the elevator in the back? Because most people don't like their elevators to be seen. <laughs> and Kid Rock goes, I got a motherfucking gold elevator. I want that to be the first fucking thing you see when you come in the front door. <laughs> Kid Rock is, uh, is like no joke. Yeah, here's the, uh, I just looked it up here. So the real White House is 55,000 square feet and holds 16 bedrooms. Kid's Rock, Kid Rock's White House is just 27,000 square feet, but has only two bedrooms in it. Because the rest of the house is to party in. Oh, it's smaller. Smaller, but fewer but only bedrooms. T- but only yeah, two, two bedrooms. bedrooms. Got yeah. it. Okay. So it's just basically like a, a banquet room, a party hall. God, Kid Rock is a fucking true American, isn't he? Yeah. He, like that one, that one beer company that put their foot in their mouth after that few advertisement that they had. Um, remember their old commercials? Real men of genius. I know. They, they had... Great commercials, man. That would be that would be on Kid Rock. It would be like, here's to you, Mister. Build a replica of the White House, but way fucking cooler, <laughs> man. Oh. Real man of genius, real badass Americans. Who else would be on the real badass American list? Badass American, definitely not The Rock. Oh my God, gag me! That guy is. Uh, he's such a tool, dude. Dude, when, when really him and Oprah, when him and Oprah did that bullshit about the the fire, yeah, about Lahaina, and they're like, "Help us donate this money." They didn't say they're donating shit. Yeah. They're just using their celebrity to get you to donate money to the fucking cause. Yeah. Well, did you you know he was on Rogan recently? No. And on Rogan, he was really I think putting the feelers out for people would want him to run as president. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about, yeah, he'd run as a Republican. Like, what were you talking about at the last election? Dude, do you remember when he came out and he's like, I've never publicly endorsed a candidate. Do you remember that? Yeah. That, yeah. And it, he's, I've, I've, I've never publicly endorsed a candidate in my career, but this is the first time because you, Joe, you have, what did he say? Fuck. I wish I remembered the exact words. I remember watching the actual interview. You, Joe, you've proven yourself as a real patriot in your decisions in the White House. And Kamala, you're a badass. That was what yeah. he said. Yeah. Fucking tool. Yeah, total tool by Uniparty. And I, he does it to protect his, uh, his millions. It's his, ban- it, it's, it's his brand. Yeah. He's not a real human. Or if there's a real human in there, it's not what we see. Right. It's just his brand. Yeah. Yeah. A dude that, you know, tries to act like he's ballsy, but, oh man, comes off as, Nutless is the rest of them. But so, so I was talking to somebody this weekend about this, and I think what happens is when you when you become that wealthy for not really doing that much. Not that he doesn't work his ass off. Don't get me wrong, he does, but he doesn't do that much, right? He 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 is he is worth as much as some companies that have fifty to sixty employees that all work their ass off every day, and he is worth that much, right? Yeah. So when you become that wealthy for that 
much input, you're getting that much output for that much input, right? Your input is is average or, or slightly above average, but your output is drastically higher. Yeah. I think that you, 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 you become subconsciously guilty of your own success. And I think that when you become subconsciously guilty of your own success, I think that you try to band-aid that with being overly sensitive to the struggled struggling parties in the country. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of the bleeding heart comes from in Hollywood. Yeah, but the dude's got enough fuck you money. Yeah, but it doesn't mean but, that but he, he it doesn't mean that he doesn't so also have the, it doesn't mean that he doesn't also have the emotional issues that come with having fuck you money and oh. not necessarily feeling like you've worked for. So it. then how do you classify like uh Joe Rogan who's on a verge of probably a billion dollar contract somewhere? Uh Rogan is I think that he is self-aware enough to see it, yeah. but he is also, he's also very bleeding heart. Yeah. Well, he's a originally, I mean, he's technically a liberal. Yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely more liberal. Yeah. Probably say the true moderate. Yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> there you go, man. Wayne, the rock Johnson. So who else is on the badass American list though? If we were going to redo those shitty commercials, but do them with for badass Americans. Badass Americans. I don't know, man. Jocko Not really Willink. Elon Musk, right? Put Jocko on there. The problem is Jocko's been peddling a whole lot of shit lately. So. Has he? <laughs> I just... haven't even seen anything from him lately. Jocko Milk, the, you know. Oh, Milk? Uh, whatever that stuff is, but his drinks and all that. See, he kind of, you know, puts a little advertising in. Now every time it pops up, I see probably more of that than I do, uh, all those uh, famous one-liners he puts out sometimes. Well, you remember the Real Big, Real Big Fish song from the late 90s, right? Sell out with me, oh yeah, sell out with me that? tonight. The record company's going to give me lots of money and everything's going to be. You don't remember that song? Oh. Real Big Fish, sell out? No, no, Dude, no. I think it's really hard not to sell out when you get that much money dangled in front of your face. Dang. You know, that's why less than 1% of the guys so, go public. So I, I, I am going to put this out there with the caveat that I heard this from somebody that they know someone who knows Jocko's son. So this could be complete bullshit. I'm caveating this or asterisking this yeah. with this could be complete bullshit. Okay. So don't hold me to this. But right. somebody was telling me that they were in a, a retreat with one of Jocko's kids. Yeah. Okay. And they were talking about his dad. And he goes, oh, yeah, man. No, my dad sets his alarm and he gets up and he spritzes some water on the floor and he takes a picture and posts it on social media <laughs> and then he goes back to sleep. Um, boy, I, would, I probably wouldn't. He does I think he has a son and a daughter. Yeah, well, I think it was the, old, the oldest, the son. <laughs> oh, yes, they have four kids. Okay, so take that with a grain of salt. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know that he'd do that. Well, you hope not, but freaking gorilla. Yeah, but also at some point in time, you're like, I'm, I'm a gorilla. I'm, I just need to. I'm. I, he's built a personality, right? He's built a character. Trying to maintain a brand. He's trying to maintain a brand. He's trying to maintain a, <coughs> a character that he's built. Damn. All right. Well, Jocko's on the question mark. I'm trying to think, man. The true red blooded America. I don't know Dana White right now. Yep. I mean, yep. You know. I think if, and he even said it, if people start getting that fuck you attitude, just not caring, this whole cancel culture will slowly fizzle out. Rogan. Yeah, Rogan definitely is. He, he did get a little, he did get a little baby bitches when Spotify came after him. When all the Spotify employees came together, he got a little, he, he got a little bit soft. Oh. He didn't quite hold as strong as I would have liked to him, him to have, but I would put him in that category. Yeah. Um, what about Patrick uh, Bet David? No. PBD. He's a, he's a pretty good dude. I would probably say he's a... Uh, I would put him in that class. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there to you guys. If you guys are listening to this, I want an email. I want an Instagram message. If you Instagram message me, I might not see it for two weeks, so just be ready for that. Who Who's on your list of... Real badass Americans, and we're, maybe we'll make some 
maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll remake those shitty commercials from the '90s, but we'll we'll put them together with some, a few of the real badass Americans. I think you got to put Tim Kennedy in there. I think you. I think Tim Kennedy has to be in there. <laughs> because <laughs> he's on the top of that list. Tim is not. Tim is a character, but that is just him. Yeah, he's just yeah. I mean, he's a true gorilla that Dude, just does whatever needs when, to be done. When Tim fought for the troops, and he jumps up on the top of the cage. I, like I'm thinking about it now, I get fucking goosebumps, man. In front of his guys, jumps up on the cage and he's just sitting up there like the top of the world. Yeah. All right. He's, I think he's just that intense. So if you ever get a chance to look at a YouTube video about about Tim, is uh he goes in and impersonates, um I don't know if he's like a white belt or green belt, and goes in and impersonates one of them and uh, is grappling with the uh, brown belts. Just kicking their ass all over the place. It's got this fake mustache. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it just shows that's his, just his real character. He wasn't like putting anything on. Matt Best. Matt Best? You think so? I think Matt Best's got to go on that list. Hmm. He hasn't put much out lately. He hasn't. So, which I, I kind of respect. He, he hit the point of success where he's like, I'm good. You know, he's got, yeah. he's got a few businesses with money coming in. He's, you know, the gun shop song is great. If you haven't listened to that yet, yeah. you listen, that, that, I all mean, the that's, songs are good. All the songs are good. Like I put him on that list. Yeah. I mean, Black Rifle Coffee is, people have some questions about them, but I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that's, you know, proven otherwise. Yeah. I'll buy my coffee for the coffee that I, that I like to drink and then I'll support other businesses for other reasons. Like I'm not going to buy coffee from black rifle coffee just because of who they are. Yeah. You know? All right. I think that's a wrap. Send me your messages. Send me your emails. I want to know who's on your list of real badass Americans. Peace. Peace out.